You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Yo. What up? What up, y'all? Welcome to episode 10 of Heart and Soul Podcast. We've been talking here for about 55-0 minutes <laughs> prior to pressing play, so... I said to Catherine, this is what happens when we don't have a guest, because normally we have yeah, a guest we're like scheduled, we start right time. away, but if not, we just hang out, which honestly, I'm not guilty of, because... Or I don't feel bad about <laughs> I'm it. I'm not guilty of I'm like, yeah, you are. We just did it. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel bad about it, because this is our time to hang out I agree. Week, so sometimes we just need... Almost an hour to catch up. Catch up. So many things. Life is just filled with so many things. Well, we also needed your computer to restart. So. Yeah, my computer was being a butthole. Um, yeah, so today's episode is just the two of us. Like Chelsea said, we're going to do a little Q&A talk. Um, and then, obviously, we have two weeks of The Bachelor to touch on because we didn't cover it last week. I thought we did. We just kind of... Didn't oh, have a lot to say. we didn't have a lot to say. The week before that, I think we skipped it. We skipped that. Okay, never mind. We have a week of The Bachelor to catch up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was pretty, mm. like, meh. Yeah. It was just women tell all, not just. It was just, like, not that exciting. It was, like, exciting, or it was dramatic. I wouldn't say it was exciting. It was just, right. like, annoying because it, it was, like, high schoolers bickering. Not even high schoolers, like, children yeah throwing temper tantrums and just fighting with each other so we have some things to say on that yes for now um should we do happies and crappies yeah do we have a review of the week um let me look we had 50 minutes to look for one and here we are (laughs) looking for it now let's see i'm sure we have one we could read that we haven't read yet yeah we do of course my phone's taking a long time to pull it up um I got it. Got it. Ooh, Rose Perks is out. I gotta listen to that. On yeah, I cannot wait. If y'all don't listen, to, if y'all watch The Bachelor, you need listen to listen to this podcast called Rose Perks. It's like basically a roast on every episode of The Bachelor, and they just like they recap the entire episode. But it's hard to even describe how it's funny two. It is. It's two comedians. Yeah, but they basically just say all the things that people are thinking in the most like quick witted like. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. It's mm-hmm. so funny. Um, I find myself cracking up to myself in the car or at the gym. And it's definitely worth a listen. It's so good. I need to set time out of my Tuesdays or Wednesdays to, to well, listen to Well, my phone's it. frozen, but this one we haven't read yet, right? Nope. Okay. This one's from EGG92, also EGG92. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you realize that your initials are EGG. Um, love, it says, great listen. Love this podcast. It's refreshing and so positive. They cover relevant topics on health and wellness. Their perspective is encouraging, and they challenge me to have more grace with how I view myself. Girl, that's all we're that's all we're trying to do. Mm. It's just amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for the review, and I hope that you all f- are giving yourself the grace. Those are like the biggest wins I think for us when we read the, things like that. When we were on Laura Nielsen's podcast last week, she asked us about the community that we've built with this and like what are some like moments where we feel connected to y'all or like we feel not accomplished but I guess a sense of like our mission is being accomplished yes exactly not like a personal gain but more like we're getting the point across and 
anytime we get a message or an email or a a review like that, that is actually confirming that women are having these radical changes in their thought process is huge. Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's what, yeah, exactly why we do this. So thank you so much for leaving that review. Thank you, Egg. We're less than 20 away from 200, so if you guys could get on it, that would be amazing. Y'all, we're so close. So close. Come on. Just do it. The the um, podcast last week, I I'll um, I've stopped like listening back because I annoy myself. But I I listen <laughs> to the interview parts to see like how we're interviewing and stuff like that. Yeah, I say like so much. <laughs> it's a subconscious thing. I can't. I don't even know I'm doing it. Yeah, I think doing this podcast has helped me do it less because I do listen back. And it kind of makes me be more conscious and aware. aware of the way that I'm speaking. I need to practice pausing before a thought instead of filling the si- – I'm trying to do it right now. Instead mm-hmm. of filling the silence with like or um. Yeah. Because that's what do. I do. It's I'm not, I'm not even meaning to. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a different – That's a different type. Like, yeah. Right? Like, right? Like, like Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, if you're a listener and you're like, <laughs> I just did it again. Now I'm only going to notice it. And you're thinking that I say it a lot and you're like, this girl's so annoying. I know. I I know this about myself and I'm really going to try She's harder. working on it. I'm working on it. Grace, y'all, we just talked about it. Maybe, maybe longtime listeners just don't even notice it anymore. Well, Melody, our friend, always calls me out on it. Does well, she? not always. Not anymore. She used to. Back in the day, one time she texted me when she was trying to be so nice. She was like, um, just want to let you know that you say like a lot on the podcast. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. And I was like, oh my gosh, I do. I know. It's it's nice when people try to be gentle, but help us out. Mm-hmm. We really don't mind if there's something that... Well, I'm not a professional radio right. person. Yeah, I'm just... neither of us are, clearly. <laughs> We just sit down. Radio person. I don't even know what it's called. DJ. And technically, I guess we could go in and splice out the likes, but that would take a really long time. Really so. take, it would take a long time, and I also just don't know how to do it. Well, we've done it before. It would just take we that much time. We take the we out of that. <laughs> you have done it. I have not been able to do that you can at figure all. figure it out, though. You've, you've started the process before. You always have to finish it. Okay. Anyways, happies and crappies. Yeah, let's move on to that. Um... Happies and crappies. I had a really, we've had a really good, we had a really good weekend. Um, Michael's cousin and his fiance were in town and we. I was wondering who those people mm-hmm. were on your stories. Yeah. Okay, so Michael's had. officiating their wedding. Oh. And uh, he obviously knows his cousin and, and jo- Jordan and his cousin have, Jordan and Brady have been dating since high school and they're our age. So Michael knows her really well, but. Is Jordan. The fiance. Okay. Jordan's the, yeah, the Jordan's female. the female, okay. which is probably weird for you because yours is a guy. Yeah. Well, Jordan's the female and Brady's the male. Okay. Um, and so he's officiating their wedding. He knows them really well, but I think his mom wanted, to, like, his mom gave him them a gift of a trip to Wilmington. Michael's mom did to, like, dang it, to <laughs> hang out with us and for Michael to not have good material, but just to see them as a couple. Yeah, yeah. That's such a thoughtful thing It was to do. a really thoughtful thing. And so we had a great weekend with them. That was a happy. We, um, I hate that y'all were out of town. We had like a huge barbecue. I know. Cookout over here on Friday night. And it was just a bunch of random 
groups of people. Like it was, it was like people from the church and then it was like Austin Martz and his, his wife and Sven cause he's our neighbor and, Good. and the cousins and, and Carrie, this girl I trained, it was just so many yeah. random, but it all was, it was just so. That's always really fun when people It was fun because these people from different parts of my life were meeting. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I had a good weekend, but my happy beyond that is that this, Michael and I are finally alone in our house and it's been a minute since we've had, mm-hmm. not had guests in town or not been traveling. You're also missing a very huge crappy, or happy. Soul? Yeah. Oh yeah, soul. Thursday night. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is such a whirlwind. I don't even realize that was like okay. this week. A lot's happened, but I was like, I've had a really uh, good what week, is she going to talk about the grand opening? Because <laughs> that was a big deal. We had the grand opening for Seoul. It was so good. It was really fun. A great turnout. Um, yeah, it was a, a lot of my like OG Seoul girls were there, which was cool. But also we had great vendors. Chelsea came out and took pictures and good giveaways. And it was just like an easy, fun Mm-hmm. All our favorite vendors that always come to all oh, our events and loved it. It was great. It was so good. And it was cool having it here at the house and seeing that. It was all. so cool, like seeing you too. Obviously, because I've seen the whole, not the whole journey from when you first started, but Soul, you were but there I've in seen the, like a in lot the, of when it was like I don't it. even know what I'm doing. Yeah, and to see you standing up there with like your house full of people and your own space, mm-hmm. which is something you've been talking about. For Forever. I mean, since I met you, mm-hmm. it was so cool. I was so proud of you. Thanks. I'm so it, excited. It was a cool God moment. I was talking to Catherine Yearwood about it, and I talked to everyone I talked to about it. Always says something like, "This was built. This home was built for you." Yeah. And it really was, and it was cool standing in the house and like seeing the house on one side and seeing. Yeah. It was just like it was mind blowing, but yeah, that was awesome. So yeah, happy for that too. Um, I don't have a ton of crappies besides I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. You probably feel it on an extreme level because you're carrying a human. <laughs> I, I am just, I think stress and busyness and lack of sleep has like caught up to me. And mm-hmm. this weekend I'm going to try and do more like self care. I'm going to try and do sleeping in yoga. I'm going to get a massage. So I'm going to yeah. take care of myself a little bit more instead of going, going, going like I've been doing. Um, That'd be nice. So th- yeah, it's not really a crappy cause it's all good things. I'm just tired. Yeah. So I guess that's a good crappy to have. It's good. How about you? Um, I have a lot of happies too. So I guess I'll just start with my crappy, which is not even really that bad. But if again, when I have to like think of something Mm -hmm. (laughs) small things come to mind um but I was telling you and Melody about Melody about this last night where I'm having a little bit of a hard time with navigating pregnancy with my workout routine Mm -hmm. um because one I just haven't been as motivated to move as much as I was before and I know that it's like healthy for me and the baby and I want to like be able to, um, not, I hate using the word bounce back because your life radically changes when you give birth. And I think there's a lot of pressure on women to quote bounce back. So Mm -hmm. I don't even want to use that term, but I want to be able to have energy energy and health, be healthy and feel like I'm not completely starting over when it comes to my physical activity and like strength postpartum. Totally fair. Um, I've just been kind of 
riding this line of what my body is telling me and what I'm afraid of. Like, I can't quite figure out, am I just nervous to do these, to do these things or is this actually my body telling me to back off? So what does it feel like? So for example, like yesterday I went to Macy's yoga class and there are certain things that, um, like for example, now that I'm, I'm 16 and a half weeks now. So by second trimester, they say you're not supposed to lie flat on your back. Okay. So right now it's probably still okay. And there were certain moments of class where I did that when we were doing some mobility, like lacrosse ball work, like I had to get on my back in order to get under my shoulder blade and stuff like that. But if I were to just lie on my back for Shavasana or just any other prolonged period of time, it really, really hurts my Mm. lower back. And also they say that it's not good because it can block your, um, I think your vagus nerve or some type of blood vessel that gets blood to the baby. You could honestly tell me any word and I would I know. Forget I forget what it's called. <laughs> Someone oh, yeah. can correct me on it. So I'm like mindful of that. I'm mindful of um, just like the, the strain. So mostly it comes from core stuff where let's say if I'm in a plank, it just feels different. It doesn't feel like I'm not strong there anymore. It doesn't feel like it's hurting. It just feels different. Like there's a little bit more of a stretch or it's a little bit, mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it really. So there's just like, that makes sense. You're just holding weight differently yeah. and your body's changing. You know, you're, you're distributed differently too. Yeah. Your joints become Might more be pinchy supple. Some places. Yeah. Yeah. Some things are like tighter. My, you know, I've, I've always been very flexible and I haven't been going to yoga as frequently as I did before. I used to go to the, in the hot room, like at least twice a week. And now I've just been going to normal yoga like once a week if I can get to it once a week. Mm -hmm. So I know that has something to do with it, but I just feel tighter. Like things that weren't really a struggle for me before kind of feel like they are now. Um, I worked out at at Troy's gym the other day and just like things that normally I felt like I could push myself with. I get winded a little bit quicker. So I don't want to like... what's the word? Like hold back too much because I think it's still good for me to get my heart rate up and it's still good for me to move and keep my strength up. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't want to cross a line if it doesn't feel right. What movements feel not, I always look comfortable, but yeah, maybe comfortable. What movements feel like, even though they're harder because your heart rate might Mm -hmm. not be adjusted with a baby Mm -hmm. feel safer. Yeah. Because maybe even though you're a yogi, and I know it's really hard to admit, like maybe yeah. yoga isn't best for you in your pregnancy, and that's okay. Yeah. And then you get back into it after, and right now you do walks or. Mm-hmm. Well, with yoga. Something that's more com- safer for you. With yoga, I've just navigated like, okay, obviously I'm not going to do back bends mm-hmm. or anything where I'm like significantly arching my back because I'm already developing more sway in my back as it is, and that stretch does not feel good anymore. Yeah. So instead, I work on like really centering and finding my balance and and um activating my core and I definitely want to keep my hips very mobile what does that feel like activating your core with a baby in your belly um do you feel anything when you tighten it up yes and no like it's so interesting to me you're (laughs) and I don't know if it's because if it's like placebo like knowing you have a baby makes it feel different it just is different yeah I don't know how to describe it it's gotta be different you just feel heavier there so, like, you might have to, um, like, when I 
contract my abdominals it still feels the same but like the weight on it feels well yeah 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 for sure Um, crazy yeah so then like you know obviously like I want to keep my hips and hamstrings and all that lower back very supple because that's important for giving birth and all those things so I don't want to stop doing yoga because I think it's fine. I just had to learn mm-hmm. slowly as things are changing. Modifications. Yeah. Well, um, and there's things you could do. Probably You probably know this better than I do, but the Shavasana against the wall or mm-hmm. or different poses in different ways. I've been doing this. Um, Macy gave me like extra bolsters yesterday because you can do this thing where you set the bolster on blocks. So it's like you're sitting up mm-hmm. almost like they call it a recliner. So your back is just more elevated and then you yeah. can still put one under your knees. And that felt so comfortable. Like I almost fell asleep, which was awesome. Um, and then when I'm lifting and stuff, I'm still doing. Like the other day I did a work. I was so, so sore. I was waddling for like three days. I did um, like weighted step ups. I did like lower, upper, lower, upper circuit. I did TRX rows. Um, I did squats with like a glute band around my knees mm. and holding a kettlebell. Mm-hmm which I think that's what did me in. Um, I did single leg deadlifts with a kettlebell. Uh, did I do any chest? Like, oh, I did chest press on the TRX. And then I did a little <laughs> bit of like core or something. I forget what I did for core. That's a lot. And I went through that like two or three times. And <laughs> that would have normal, normally been like an average workout for me. And I was, Wow. I think those things are things you should repeat over yourself. Like, I just did this, and that's really impressive. Yeah. Because that's – you might not be ha- at the same level you were. And this – I'm preaching this over my future self because I know mm-hmm. I'm going to struggle with this. Yeah. But what you're doing is still enough and healthy for taking care of yourself and your baby. Right. It just isn't going to look like – What it used to. What it used to. Right yeah. now. You'll get yeah. back there. And that's okay. And I'm And I've honestly – that was always a fear of mine before pregnancy was like, oh my gosh, everything's going to change. I'm not going to be in my routine. I don't want to lose my strength. I really don't care about like gaining weight at this point because I'm obviously <laughs> pregnant and you're, I'm supposed to and that's healthy. Um, but I was more like, I don't want to not be strong anymore yeah. because I was so used to feeling strong yeah. for years. So um, it was definitely teaching me to embrace the... Season. season that I'm mm-hmm. in and um, just do what I can with how I feel and sometimes if I push a little too hard I get kind of nauseous so I'll just kind of sit there I use my Apple watch and look, look at, at my rate. heart rate and I'm like okay once it gets back down from like the 140s into like low hundreds then I feel like I can restart and yeah. it keeps me from getting sick feeling so and also God is so good about well about everything but about designing women's bodies for like you've done such a good job of stewarding your body the last however many years since you've gotten into mm-hmm. health and fitness that he's he's like he almost prepared you for a season of rest yeah because it is strong enough mm-hmm. to uphold this season and then recoup after you know yeah it's interesting too because I read about you know we're finding out the the gender and a couple more weeks. Catherine March. is going to be so cute. <laughs> March 19th. And so I was reading this article on the whole myths about um, carrying high versus carrying low. And if that means boy or girl. And, you know, all those fun, like, wives' tale things I think are just fun to look mm-hmm. at. And I'm going to post all of them before 
we find out the gender so that people can take one last final guess mm-hmm. before we find out. But anyway, it was talking about how um, the caring high versus low thing is completely bogus. A lot of the wives' tales are, obviously. But when it comes down to it, um, really the reason for caring low versus high is one, like, genetics and kind of like probably the shape of your uterus and stuff. But also, you're going to tend to carry higher if you already have a strong abdominal mm. wall and like pelvic floor and stuff. And so if if you don't have that, obviously the weight is going to drop drop a little bit. And I think that's why I'm carrying You are carrying high. high. At least now I am. Mm-hmm. Eventually drop. Also, no she's what, pop, y'all. But <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. I have. This is the first... I mean, I've noticed the belly for weeks, but it's more like because I but know nobody what I else look would like. Notice no one it. else would have known. Right. Now it's at the point where I look in the mirror and I'm like, "Oh, wow, this is real life." If you're listening right now, pause it, take a screenshot, post to your stories, and comment on your in your story whether you think it's a boy or a girl. <laughs> yeah, I'll put up another poll too. That probably like the day that we find out. I'm curious to see what y'all think. I know. I think it's a girl. It's another I, soul sister. I do too, but. I don't want to feel too strongly one way or the other, just to mentally prepare myself. Yeah, totally. But it's a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, did you do happies? I didn't do happies yet. We talked about that for a long time, which honestly, I think is good because that's a really any um, pregnant or maybe future pregnant mamas can hear that. This these are conversations that are so good for even yeah like future moms like me. Yeah. Hopefully one day in Jesus name Just to know what to expect and and to prepare your heart because I know that that's something I'm going to struggle with mm-hmm. because I'm always so intense about. But honestly, you might not. Like I always thought that yes, I, w- I probably give myself a little bit more leeway sometimes, sometimes more than I'd like to. Um. But it was something that I always thought, oh, for sure, I'm going to struggle with this because I struggled with body image for a long time. Mm -hmm. The minute you get pregnant, it's like all of your priorities and the way that you view your body really does shift. And not that I'm saying it's not going to be a struggle at all, but I think it's not going to be what you think it Mm -hmm. will be because we're made for this. And when when you experience those changes happen so quickly and radically and like you feel all these things happening in your body before you even start to see it. It's like, oh, this is what I was built for. And it's so crazy. Crazy yeah. season that I'm gonna embrace. So I I think you'll be you'll be okay. Yeah. And and you have me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll talk you through it. Yeah, for sure. I have I I'm glad that we have the community we do because yeah. I don't think it'll be something that I'll be able to be quiet about. No. You shouldn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so happy. Yeah, sorry, happy. <laughs> um, this weekend we went to Raleigh. We surprised my dad for his birthday. He didn't know we were coming. We had a really awesome weekend with um, my family, and we went bowling with my little nephews. And so cute. Jordan let loose at the arcade with them, which is like always the cutest thing ever. I think he's more obsessed with claw games than anyone I know. Dude, claw, claw games are so addictive. <laughs> so addictive. Once you start, you're like, I have to get the yeah. stuffed animal. Yeah. I have to. Exactly. And they had this cool one at the bowling alley where it was like, um, the claw grabbed these little rolls of tickets and then it would scan it. So like if you got a hundred one, it would drop it in the thing. It would scan whatever you won and then a hundred tickets would come out of the machine. Brew. I love that. And so he was winning all these tickets for my nephews to get 
The claw. It moves. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was really fun. Um, what's my other happy? I had another one, and I'm trying to f- remember what it was now. Oh, just March being here. I'm really stoked about because um, it finally is starting to pick up with work and I've had an, I had an engagement session Sunday. I have more next week and then wedding season officially kicks off. That's crazy. I know I'm going to be probably really stressed to come a few more weeks. Um, but I'm just, that's what I kind of thrive off of is the routine and the busyness and the schedule Mm -hmm. again. So I'm excited to be behind my camera more. My birthday is this month. We're finding out the baby gender this month. It's a big month for y'all. It's a big month. Yeah. You can be 20. 28 yeah on monday um and then we have another big happy but i can't really say much for a few more weeks so that'll be announced she's having twins (laughs) i'm definitely not spoiler alert you guys can take your guesses on what it is but um i'll officially announce it soon soon enough but that was a big happy too so what if you were having twins? Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Like, oh, we were wrong. It was hiding behind that the one the whole time. That's where your core was pulling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, no. Um, okay, well should we just touch, touch on, on the, the bachelor? bachelor? Yeah. Yeah. So last night was Women Tell All. In the beginning of the episode, Peter had to wait and see if Madison was gonna show up to the rose ceremony after a long, brutal period of him standing in a field and them standing on the other end. I wonder what that was in real time, though, Me too. or if the producers just Me too. staged that. And, like, how long he was actually standing there, if it was just, like, B-roll, B-roll, B-roll of the same thing and different right. angles. Right, exactly. Um, but then Madison did come back, and he gave the rose, spoiler by the way, he gave the rose to um, Hannah Ann, and then last minute, or the last one he chose was Madison. We didn't know if she was going to say yes. She said yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of reluctantly. Kind of reluctantly. My prediction, speaking of that reluctance, is I think I think we talked about this last night, but I think obviously they're in the they're the top two. I think Madison chooses to leave and just can't do it. And I think that's the announcement that Chris Harrison comes up and tells him like we just found this out is Madison's gone. Yeah, but how would the producers not know about it? I think they know. I think there's some sort of contract or pact that's like, we are not spoiling this season or you're dead. No, no, no. But there's a clip of Chris when they, when they previewed that this whole season, Chris says, I just found this out. The producers just found this out. Oh, would it be that she left though? But how would the producers not know she just straight up left? Like they would have to know. Well, maybe like they just found out because she just told them I'm leaving. I don't know. Maybe. I, don't I think know. she leaves and I think that he is was gonna pick her and decides like I can't pick Hannah Ann now. It's like it's a plan B. So he breaks up with Hannah Ann and I think he ends the season single and now he's like trying to pursue Madison. I feel be- like that would be another Colton, Colton season. I agree. So I, think- I don't think it's I can't I'm not I'm not saying that's not a possibility. But I feel like it's not as likely because they're they're hyping it up as if this has never happened before. Right. And that's like exactly what happened last season. True. So um, it just seems a little too meh predictable. I don't know. It's crazy that it hasn't been spoiled. I know. There's never been a season that's not been spoiled, even like before social media, I feel. I know. There were spoilers. Well, we'll find out yeah. soon enough. And then Women Tell All was just really petty. 
and mm. a true depiction depiction mm-hmm. depiction is the right word yeah depiction of the season yeah and the women on it, it. was just immature petty mm-hmm. fighting i will comment on i thought kelsey handled herself really really mm-hmm. well i agree i was i admired her um vulnerability and the way she like turned herself around because i'll admit at the beginning of the season i was like this girl is crazy i love that she laughed at herself yeah she laughed at herself she admitted to being irrational Mm -hmm. she didn't like i don't know when victoria p was trying to she just denied 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 and made herself look like a fool because clearly there were things that she did and said that she had no business and she was caught in lies lying about yeah correct um so when I look at that versus how Kelsey was like, yeah, that was irrational. Yeah. I shouldn't have handled it that way. And, I, and I'm and i sorry. And I thought she had a really good like comeback and, and turn She had around. an ultimate comeback for sure. Um, And then same, like Sydney wasn't, she's still like a little bit of a, a mean, mean girl. girl, but I agreed with a lot of the things that she said that night. And then the whole thing where they, the whole bullying thing that they discussed was a little bit hypocritical. confusing. Well, it was one, hypocritical, because they all bullied each They're other. They're bullying each other. But two, it was interesting because they had Rachel come on, and then they kept showing all of the women who were on the cast who were not Bully. white, basically. Um, and that the fact that they were bullied, but then when they were all asked who, have, who has been harassed in this way, every single one of them raised their hand. And so... I was wondering, like, what... Obviously, I think the conversation was about inclusivity and diversity on the show and how those people are really brave for going on and the the types of hate that they have to endure right. is awful. Um, but also, it was... I don't know. I guess it was just not as clear with the message they were trying to portray because mm-hmm. I think that was the main one. But then all of the women were talking about how bullied they were. and Yeah, I think it, that... I heard someone, I can't remember which podcast I was listening to, but they said something like, it was some recap podcast, Mm -hmm. and they were saying there's a difference between hate and criticism. Right. Like, if you're going on a reality TV show, we do it, I mean, you and I do it every week, you're going to get criticized for, like, dumb decisions you make, things you say, like, finasco, things like that. (laughs) That, Those are different things that aren't necessarily hate. It's just... You put yourself in a position where people are yeah. going to have opinions. Yeah. I think the point they were trying to get across was, was like the hate. The hate. Yeah, like this, for sure. This has gone too far. McKenna posted something on her Instagram of, of a message she just got today that was like, have you ever considered suicide? You should. So awful. So like those kind of comments, I think they're trying to speak out and be like. Right. And That's say this terrible. is unacceptable. Right. I think, I think a lot of them. I think the reason they brought Rachel out was because there are a lot on race. Mm-hmm. I think the reason they all raise their hand, though, is that there's... In reality, they all get it. They all hate. get it in yeah. different ways. Yeah, I agree. It was just like... A, it was an interesting a, it was pivot. A, yeah, the way that they went about it was kind of like, what? what's going on here? And then, obviously, hearing from all of them and, and reading those messages were awful. Awful. Like, such a heavy way to end the show. And it makes you really put things into perspective a little bit. Like, yeah... The, We'll talk all day long about how dramatic and crazy some of the girls are for the sake of the show, but... Um, if we were to meet them on the street, we'd right. be like, what's up, girl? Yeah, I'm, like, I, so obsessed with The Bachelor, yeah, you know? <laughs> it would never... And I would never go out of my way to send them a message about how much I hated them or 
or hate always goes those back. Types of messages. I'm like, how do I guess those hurt people hurt people? Hurt things. people hurt people. I was yeah. just gonna say that hate always goes back to the person delivering it. Yeah, feeling insecure or inadequate mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah, it was interesting, and I'm glad that they brought it up on on. I am too. TV because I was like, yeah, you know what? These are real people. They're real people. They, yeah, no they one chose deserves to that. Yeah, they just. Yes, they had to know they were going to get criticism for being on the show and for some of their behavior. But just, for, I mean, some of those women, just to be, like, called names just for being alive. Alive practically is terrible. Is so awful. And um, I do think, although I, although I do believe that it was a little hypocritical for them to, like, or to not, like, to share that without apologizing to each other. Right. I thought that was interesting. I do think that there's a lot we don't see behind Mm. the camera or behind scenes because after the women tell all, there's pictures of all of them like hanging out together. Right. And going out and they're all friends. Like it's like Kelsey with, with uh, Tammy and Mm -hmm. you know, all these people who are putting on a show and fighting for drama purposes. Right. So it's almost, it goes both ways, but what I get from that is they're able to forgive each other for, like, stupid, petty things, or at least move on from it, and the the audience should be able to. Like, these, right. we don't need to put our, yeah. I, I don't know, validity full, in mm-hmm. someone, what someone says after see, a few glasses of wine on a reality TV show. Yeah, for sure. That and doesn't define who they are. Honestly, and I feel like they kind of follow that of... This isn't, Tammy is still cool, even though she said some mean things. You right. know, whatever. She's yeah. still a person. Yeah, exactly. Although that one scene where they were all fighting at the exact same time, I was... <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. This is terrible and also pure gold at yeah, the same time. Chris Harrison's face was flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. He was, oh my gosh, it was so funny. Yeah. I, it was interesting that you they didn't invite Kelly back. Yeah, or Natasha. So weird. She wasn't there either. I wonder if it's because they're like like the most sane people. They should have been there, but yeah, they're sane and not. Well, Kelly did admit she wanted to go. They they didn't invite her. So weird. So I wonder why. I don't know, but you know what? She didn't need that anyway. Mm I feel like she didn't have a. um, I guess maybe because there was no like underlying remaining things that she needed to talk about. Like she kind of just said her piece. And I would have just loved to hear her voice of reason, though. I know. Same. Guys, but she probably wouldn't have said anything because she was the type that didn't kind care, of just didn't get didn't the drama, care and didn't get involved. So, anyway, Kelly for Bachelorette one day. That's my vote. <laughs> I mean, maybe in ten years because apparently that's what I they know. do. They're going back and getting people from the past. I know. Um, well, today's episode, although <laughs> we're already thirty-five minutes in, that's all right. Is we're just gonna touch on. We put up a Q and A. Thing on our Instagrams and we got a few questions that are really good and we want to just kind of answer them quickly and mm-hmm. also when we post these Q&A questions y'all don't be fair, afraid to ask questions that are they don't have to be super serious yeah it could literally be like what's your favorite cereal mm-hmm. and, and I'll tell you are you ready I'm ready I have two okay I like to mix the special K cinnamon pecan with the O's interesting Interesting mix is correct. They're so good. What was your favorite cereal as a kid? Cocoa though? Puffs. Okay, same. Mm-hmm. Or Cocoa Pebbles. Mm-hmm. Anything with chocolate, really. Yeah. I liked Fruity Pebbles, too. I used to love the... Um, <laughs> I'm glad we just made this question. I up still do. Uh, <laughs> the Cheerios that were like had the 
frosted Cheerios and the pieces of dried fruit in them. Yeah, 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 yeah. My frosted Cheerios and frosted flakes were my dad dad's jam. They were like we yogurt Cheerios though. They were like yogurt covered. Oh, and I know had... the clusters. Yes. Yeah. So I don't good. think they even make those anymore. No, but though they Special K has one like that with clusters in it, mm. fruit and yogurt clusters. So good. Anyway. They don't have to be serious questions. They can be things like that. Because yeah. clearly we can talk about anything. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because we were discussing this before. Whenever we put up a Q&A box and say it's going to go on the podcast, we get way less questions than if we just put up a Q&A that we're going to answer on yeah, it's Instagram, like, which is interesting because sometimes when people answer the questions on Instagram, they post who it's from. But when it's on the podcast, we don't necessarily say who ask the question. I don't know if people feel more pressure to have like some profound question to ask us or something like that, but listen, I'm gonna be the girl that's like, what's your favorite cereal? Yeah. Or what's your favorite fast food? Yeah, or what did night? you think of last night's episode of or the finale of Love is Blind or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know or Catherine, why have you gotten a haircut in a year and a half? I don't know. Just things like <laughs> that, like real life things. Yeah. So next time just for reference, feel free to ask away. Maybe we'll do it for a few more days next time around. Yeah, so we're going to go through these questions now. Um, Do you want to start with this one? Yeah, let's start with that. So we've gotten this question a few times, um, and it was something that we wanted to be sensitive about answering because we both, we know that we have listeners from all different Mm -hmm. types of um, thought and beliefs, and we also have different stories, and no one is better than the other or more right than the other. Yep. But a question we get asked a lot is our views on sex before marriage, um, which is kind of timely with The Bachelor, honestly, right now. Mm-hmm. Madison's Madison has has presented that she her standards for herself are she doesn't want to have sex before marriage, which is totally valid, valid and mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Um, and she should not be shamed for that, nor should Peter feel ashamed. I mean, maybe he shouldn't sleep with three women before he proposes, but that's like a whole nother story. <laughs> that's a different story altogether. But, but Peter shouldn't feel ashamed about having had sex. Right. Before marriage. In general. Or in general. Um, so, yeah, we want to touch on this, but we also want to touch on this knowing that we're not the, like, I don't know, we're not professionals in this or we're not and there's no right or wrong there's no right or wrong answer this is just our opinion so this isn't like a holy spirit conviction of Mm -hmm. this is truth right (laughs) so take it with a grain of salt but i guess we can kind of share our own personal stances on it and yeah see what it comes in our thoughts see what turns out to be (laughs) So, so yeah so when i i've read this question a couple of different times um and my my thought process on it is this. Um, I did not save myself for marriage. It is not something that I necessarily regret in terms of the principle of it in general mm-hmm. of, of like saving myself because I was not, yes, I grew up a Christian and, and convicted in other ways, but it just, it wasn't something that I felt like I was ever really going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's bad to say that or not, but it was just kind of like, I didn't know if it was going to be realistic for me. And um, also there are obviously a lot of pressures when you're either in a relationship or you are in high school or college and you feel a lot of different pressures from peers, society, your significant other or whatever it might Mm -hmm. be. Um, And so I didn't necessarily 
want to hold myself to that wait till marriage standard. I did want to be mindful and intentional about it. However, there's definitely specific instances I wish I didn't do because I didn't think those people deserved that part of me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you kind of go through a phase, or at least I did, where you kind of feel, what's the word, like validated more if you are physical with somebody Mm -hmm. or you feel like you'll get them to stick around longer or take you more seriously or you, or be more desired. And it's, mm-hmm. I think that's a very common feeling for women, especially in your like early twenties and, and late teenage years. Um, and putting your worth in that is not necessarily the right thing to do. Um, but when it came to like the, the principle of it in general, no, I don't regret it necessarily, especially when I found the person that I was going to marry because that was something I never really felt guilt about because I knew I was going to marry him. Um, but all that just to say, I did always feel this sense of guilt and shame around those instances before him. And I don't, and it wasn't more of a conviction thing. It was more of a societal telling me that I'm no longer pure type of thing. I was explaining this to Catherine earlier. I think there's two opposite ends of this spectrum in our society and in our culture. There's the tail end of the spectrum that's like, girl, you can do whatever they want with their body. It's fine to sleep around and it's your body, your choice, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's fine if that's what you truly are okay with and believe in. But I think most of us as women don't feel great about ourselves if that's the situation. Mm -hmm. That's just the reality of who we are in our nature. Mm -hmm. But then there's the other end of the spectrum where society tells you that if you're not a virgin, you're no longer pure, or you're not you're not worthy, and you should feel ashamed, or you're slutty, or you're any of those things mm-hmm. based on those choices. And men have never had to deal with that shame and guilt. Right. And I think that's important to note that it, it's it's a very personal decision if it's something that you feel in your heart strongly about and convicted about and that's something that you have held yourself to up until this point that's amazing and you should hold yourself to that but if it's more of a fear of being judged or or this notion that you are not going to be pure anymore or less of a good person Mm -hmm. or woman for doing something like that then I think that's not necessarily the right place to be making that choice from right makes sense. So I really just think it's a, a very personal decision. That was my, my take on it. I wouldn't necessarily change the fact that I didn't. Um, there are certain instances I definitely would have, I think I learned a lot and it made me mm-hmm. the person and the wife that I am. So, yeah. um, that's my, yeah, I think that's really good. I think before I, share mine just to reiterate what Chelsea just said is whether you, if you have made decisions in the past that you're maybe not proud of or that like if you're on one end of the spectrum and you have a past in, in society or the church, especially it's just so sad, but the, if the church has called you impure because of that, then those are just lies of the enemy. You are not impure. Grace covers all. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I don't want you to place those identities over you because that's not who you are. Who you are is completely enough. 
loved, chosen, valuable, worthy, all of those adjectives that we try to preach every week. That's who you are. Not, no matter what. Not You should not be rid or consumed with guilt and shame because that's just not of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I fully believe that. My story is a little different. I had always... I did save myself for marriage and um, and so did Michael, which I think is a really rare scenario. Yeah. Like I honestly never expected to marry a virgin. I just yeah. figured I was the only one left in the world. <laughs> yeah. But so I realized that that's rare. I, I, my personal view on it is I felt a conviction in my own heart. That doesn't mean that I have the right to judge anyone else's heart for their personal convictions. Mm-hmm. I think that where it becomes um, muddy waters is when you feel like you are waiting because the church or someone in the church told you to. So it comes from their own personal convictions without you examining and praying over that or even yourself. I feel like the church is obviously the probably most common yeah. place, but it could even be friends, family, society. Totally. How you you're know, raised, everything. People around you being called a slut or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Um, that's another red flag. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's most likely people that are raised in the church and feeling this way of being brought up and, yeah. and very rigid about it. And um, But it could also not be in you could feel those same mm-hmm. things totally other factors in your life for so. sure that's good that's good note i think unfortunately like you said it does come a lot from the church mm-hmm. and i think that's really unfortunate because this is a if if we're following jesus the true person who he was mm-hmm. it's shame free it's guilt free it's grace filled it's throw out the law everything is covered by the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so it's really unfortunate that we take things and turn them into legalism and turn them into do this, don't do this, Mm -hmm. rule, law-based society. So my my whole point in that is my personal conviction from a little girl on was always um, I was going to wait for my husband. Mm -hmm. I have... Most of my friends didn't, and that's fine. You know, it didn't make me any yeah. them any less of a friend or woman in my life. So I I think that whatever you decide, it should come from your own personal decision. And if you're if you are a faith-filled person, then your relation your personal relationship with God. Right. Not what society or the church tells you to do. Mm-hmm. But again, like the main message we want y'all to hear is whether you've had sex, haven't had sex, or thinking about having sex, accidentally have sex tonight, or mm-hmm. have sex tomorrow before you listen to this episode, you're still all just as valuable as the next person. Yeah. So. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. It's a very personal decision, and um, I think it's a great question. And I do think it's something that if you have mentors or women in your life who you trust and... um confide in Mm -hmm. discuss that with your community you know discuss that with people like Chelsea and I were just talking about pregnancy and me feeling shame because my struggle Mm -hmm. in life has been body image she said well you can talk to me about it that's the kind of people that you want to go to in your life if you're like hey I'm really like can I talk this out with you I'm struggling with my Mm -hmm. thoughts on this and the fact that it is a question that's being asked means that maybe that conviction is something you're not sure of. Yeah, so don't just jump into something. Like, really think about it. Right. Because it's clearly important to you. Mm-hmm. And that should be something that you 
dive deeper into. For sure. I hope that helps. I hope that helps too. Again, we're not like therapists or yeah. <laughs> sex experts. <laughs> sex experts. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, okay, next question is, do you have any advice for those who are still working a nine-to-five and feel guilty about not chasing their dreams in, an, in a very entrepreneurial chasing world. world? Yeah. I think this is a big topic, especially for us to discuss on here because – Obviously, we are entrepreneurs. We work for ourselves full time. This is our life. And it has therefore become a very um, prevalent topic Prevalent topic on this podcast, which is why I think it has grown to what it is. And we've featured lots of different entrepreneurial women who inspire us in this community and surrounding communities. And so um, I think it's important for us to note that, yes, this is, this is our world that we're living in. And this is our niche. We love to celebrate and um, showcase these incredible women with store with their stories. However, it's that's not to say that our listeners who are working a corporate job or a nine to five job or any steady job where they're not necessarily their own boss is any less valuable, or that we don't um, want to speak to that audience, mm-hmm. or we don't want them to feel like we're leaving them out anyway. But it is just. You know, something that you talk about, we talk know. about what we know and what we feel like we can share and encourage other women with. So that's why we talk about what we talk about. But, that, you know, there's a fine line because in this day and age, like the question st- stated, entrepreneurship is very glorified. There's this whole movement about being your own boss, chasing your dreams, being a go-getter. And while that's all incredible and the world that we live in is so awesome for that reason because there there are so many more opportunities than there ever were before to to have that type of a career um but that's also not to say that one business ownership and entrepreneurship is not for everybody if you do have that dream and you're being called to it that also does not mean that you need to jump on it tomorrow Mm -hmm. it might mean that you need to sit on where you are for another one, two to five years even or more. Um, if you do have a strong calling, amazing, go for it. We're going to be the ones telling you to take the leap. But if you don't, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes life might open some doors for you and sometimes it might guide you in a different direction. That's better for you, better for your family. It might be a better situation in general. Yeah. Um, And so I just want to encourage everyone, no matter where they're at, that yes, if you're feeling a strong conviction for it and a dream and a calling, and it's something that, like for us, we couldn't ignore it, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was this burning desire that we were going to chase no matter what held Mm -hmm. us back, which will lead us into another question. Um, Mm -hmm. But that also doesn't mean that you can't still have a dream and put it on hold. It also doesn't mean that... Can't take you baby need, steps while you work a nine-to-five job, you know? Right. And also doesn't mean that you need to have some crazy dream. Maybe your dream is being really comfortable and happy in the role that you're in right now. Maybe you're Being able to shut family. off at five and come home to your family and, like, be yeah. present. Because we're not present at night. And be on <laughs> PTO time and, you know, enjoying your family and being able to provide and have a steady income, income that you don't have to hustle for. Um, that might be your dream. And that right. is awesome. I, I, I mean, everything you just said, totally echo that. And then also to note that every, every person, individual situation is completely different. So yeah. 
we just happen to be in a place and me just this year after five years of chasing this dream of where we can go all in, Mm -hmm. but we were also smart about that situationally. So like we had enough savings or we had, we didn't have kids. We Mm -hmm. could take a little more risks. So it's different for everyone's situation. And like Michael and his cousins and I were talking about that this weekend it's very generational as well, right? Like there's a lot of pressure for millennials to chase their heart and chase Mm -hmm. their dreams and not settle for unhappiness. But then there's also a lot to be admired in our parents' generation who stuck with the same job, a Mm -hmm. career for 35, 40 years Mm -hmm. and provided for their family and gave us the life that we can now go after our dreams comfortably. That's a really good point. Um, My parents have been in the same career for 25 plus years and... To me, that's so something I'm so thankful for because I was provided for and fundamentally wired to know that I'm going to be comfortable and safe even if I take a risk. And I can't thank them enough for that. Yeah. So if that's what you're providing for your children, that's something to be incredibly admired. Oh, I think it's awesome. Sure. Yeah. And it, it also shows your children that like hard work and dedication are really admirable characteristics that mm-hmm. you have shown Mm -hmm. so yeah you do you boo boo I love that um okay so next question leading into it tell us about a time things didn't go well in your business but you kept going um (laughs) do you want me to start or do you want to start on this one I'm trying to think of a specific I have a lot of like little yeah things but yeah maybe you start if you have something I don't really have um a super specific instance either I think I was very fortunate in the way my story unraveled because Mm -hmm. um I don't know what would have happened if I had say stayed at my corporate job and also hustled to build my business I kind of had a um in between transition like a what's the word like a little like I took steps Mm -hmm. to it I didn't just go from working in corporate nine to five to owning my own business full time, which you didn't either. Right. So you can speak to this too. I was in a position where I was working a steady nine to five, making an okay salary, nothing to write home about and hustling this on the side, knowing that one day this is what I wanted to do full time. How to get there was a very hard um, thing to figure out because there's that question of, well, how do I know when to take the leap? How do I know when to quit? How do I know I have enough to mm-hmm. move forward? I am lucky enough, or I should say blessed enough, that I didn't have to ride that line for too long right. because we ended up moving to Wilmington because Jordan got this job. He was going to support me while I was working part-time. And then things just kind of took off to the point where um, I couldn't work that part-time mm-hmm. job anymore. Time so for it. I think there's also something to be said about that like maybe you don't have to necessarily go from point a to point point a to point immediately immediately like quit your full-time job to be here full-time maybe you quit your full-time job you get a part-time job while you're still you know balancing out what you're building and still making a steady income that way I worked like 20-25 hours a week so it's not like I was doing nothing Mm -hmm. and then finally I was able to to transition to that so all that just to say, um, I think the the not going as planned thing um, was 
when I was at this point of like knowing I was drowning in balancing all the things and figuring out when was the right time to just let go of this one thing in order to have the space for the rest. Um, and with that was without having a ton of weddings booked for the next year. It was without really knowing what life was going to look like on the other side of it. But mm-hmm. it was something that I felt like I, if I don't do this and quit my other part-time job, I'm never going to get to. Or you always wonder. Yeah. I'm always going to wonder. And I'm, and I was starting to resent and feel the most anxiety I've ever felt. I was starting to resent what I was doing in general, like right. on both ends. And then I, that's when I knew okay, something's got to give because if I'm not loving this anymore, then that's mm-hmm. a problem for both jobs, you know? Right. Um, and so eventually I had to just make that decision of, you know what? I'm never going to know if I don't make the space and the physical time because it got to the point where I literally did not have the time to balance at all. Mm-hmm. And the moment that I did that and gave up that other part-time job, Considered myself a full-time photographer, presented myself to the world as a full-time photographer, changed my mindset. Then I started looking like crazy. And so I guess the problem was that I didn't know what that line was. I didn't know. I didn't have a ton booked, but I stepped out in faith and changed my outlook. And that's when I filled out an entire year and half of weddings. Yeah. So not that that's going to happen that way for everybody, but I think that's a big um, underlying like commonality is that sometimes there does come a time where you have to just physically make the space for Mm -hmm. something else to grow. Otherwise it's just going to be that limbo balancing act for as long as you let it go on. So for sure. Yeah. My, I mean, my story is very similar. I would say I had a longer process of working part-time jobs And I say that plurally, like I had to hop around to a lot of different jobs. I think the biggest, so yeah, it was a slow, steady progression into now just this month being full time. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as like times that didn't go well in my, in, in my seasons of business, the times that stick out to me most, and I'm not going to name specifics, but are just when people didn't see my dream the way I saw it. Yeah. So kind of the naysayers of. Um, it goes back to kind of the sex thing, right? Like I had a conviction in my heart that I knew this is what God wanted me to do, but not everyone's going to tag along your dream and understand it the way you understand it. And so anytime blocks got in the way were when people didn't get my message Mm -hmm. and didn't think it was possible for that message to then become a business. Right. It was more like, okay, well, that's cool that you believe that, but that's not a job. Right. So, yeah, I had a lot of naysayers along the way. I, I would say those were the issues that I ran into. Yeah, there's financial stuff and all that, but that's just to be expected. I think the hardest things for me emotionally and mentally were the, the roadblocks of, why are you even trying to do something that's not... Well, people probably viewed it as oh, well, you're just going to be another trainer, another Mm -hmm. studio. Yeah, totally. They didn't understand the concept and the space and the environment that you're creating that made you different from everybody Mm -hmm. else because a lot of those people don't have the same ideology that we do and that you have built soul off of. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the most frustrating thing. 
And it's hard because when you do explain, oh, I'm a, I'm a fitness coach and I want to open my own studio one day, you do think, okay, well, there's just another one. There's another studio. Yeah. It's like, you know, but everyone's mission is different and not to say one's better than the other. Right. It's just that mine was just especially hard to explain in a industry that's run based off physical image. Mm-hmm. Not anything really internally which is all I was trying to get across yeah so I think those are my biggest like things didn't go well it was it may it mainly mine effed me yeah like it honestly just messed with my head of like is this even possible yeah and um, I mean you were even struggling with that in December when we went to Casablanca yeah Meredith actually brought that up at the grand opening she goes the last time I, the last time I saw Meredith was at Casablanca in yeah. person she was like the last time I saw you we were crying at a coffee shop saying you don't think this is ever going to happen and Mm -hmm. two months later we're here so amazing well we knew that all it was going to take was you having the space yeah those were your I think that was your biggest Mm -hmm. underlying obstacle was like having to have the physical space to to create that environment and 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 the freedom to to do it on my own and not have anyone else tell me Mm -hmm. how to use their space because I did want to honor their right of course space of course we can talk about this all day. Um, yeah, I get really fired up when we talk about that. I'm actually hot. I'm also wearing Patagonia and have a blanket on my lap. Where would you spend all your time if you could? Next question. Definitely at the ocean. I was going to say the beach. Yeah. Every time I'm there, I'm just so calm and feel like myself. It Ideally, is... living on a, in a beach house, sitting on the porch, yeah. looking out over the ocean every day. And with my dog. Mm-hmm. Because... I took Wrigley to the beach last week before paid parking starts. I would go. No, we went. We went Saturday. <sighs> it sucks. Ran bare like crazy. And um, I walked from probably near where the beach bars are all the way to Johnny Mercer's and past that. And the entire time, she was hauling ass, <laughs> running circles around me. It was so just, funny. I was watching your story, and I thought, oh, surely. Once I get a little further up, like she's, she's going to get tired and she'll just start walking with me. And no, she straight up ran for it. Was least she so tired that night? Yeah. Not as tired as I thought she was going to be, but the beach like fills her up so much, like the same way it does me. Yeah. And when I put that, those two things together and I'm just like watching her with this like giant smile on her face, Aww. just running into the water and running back up and being so happy chasing the birds and just being this like free dog it oh it just makes me the happiest person so that would be my if I could just do that every single day ever every day Mm -hmm. all day I meant to say um that would be amazing yeah ocean for me too there's other my I'm a big camp girl and I don't want you to get that confused with camping (laughs) Okay, because I'm not a big camp and yeah. intense person. Camp but I grew up at a summer camp that changed my life, and I worked there until I was 25. So awesome. that place is kind of my happy place, too. Anytime I'm on that camp site, I'm, like, the best version of myself. I'm so mm-hmm. happy and fulfilled. But I haven't been there in a while. Those are the two things that came to my head. Um, how do you handle non-reciprocated friendships? Mm. Okay. Do you want me to start? Yeah. Um, okay. So I actually heard a similar topic on a podcast recently, but they're more talking about, um, people who get into relationships and kind of like ditch their friends, not ditch their friends, but yeah, like for lack of a better term. 
And it kind of put things into perspective for me because they didn't say this, but it got me thinking this is that um, I think there's this adjustment when you become an adult and your life just looks a lot different. And the way that you handle relationships and your love language, I think, really determines how you um, steward continue to steward your relationships and the things that are maybe not as important to you anymore versus what used to be. And, mm-hmm. and that's okay. So I think what I'm trying to say is <laughs> um, there are seasons that we go through where we might have friends that we see all the time and we're like in it and for sure pouring into them. And then there's other times that we grow up and and work becomes our priority or we get married and Mm -hmm. that becomes our main focus um and that's also okay Mm -hmm. Um, for sure and so but i i do get what she meant and that sometimes it does feel like you're giving 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 giving. giving and not receiving and um i think you can either handle it a couple different ways i in my eyes I never really I used to let that stuff bother me especially when I was younger and you when we were like seeing our friends a whole lot mm-hmm. more often like in college because your, your friends are your family right and even like early post-grad mm-hmm. years um but then you got to a point where it's like you know what I think about my life and my schedule and and there's no way I could pour into everybody the way that I mm-hmm. want to and there's friends that I have that I know no matter what, if we were to pick up the phone and pick up right where we would pick up right where we left off, and I don't feel any less loved because I don't hear from them yeah. maybe as much as I text them or, you know, receive notes from them or whatever it might be. I'm a very like I like to give gifts. I love to You are good at that. Mail cards and text people when I'm thinking of them, but that's not something I do every single day. I right. don't even talk to half of my friends every single day. Um, but my love language is that when it comes to friendships is like, Hey, I'm off. okay. Sorry. We got cut off there for a second. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened. <laughs> said system overload. And we're like, okay, we get oh, it. We're sure. talking too long, whatever. We're hoping we didn't lose anything. Lose anything. Cause that was a really good episode. I think I need that too personally. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I think it, it depends on, the situation of the friendship if there's um maybe there's something big going on in your life like I feel like weddings and things like that mm-hmm. bring out this uh this side of people where they're they're noticing those things a little bit more I'm just kind of someone that doesn't let it get to me too much because if when I do see those people and or, or I need them to show up for me and they still do and it feels like nothing has changed and I, I know they're still there for me and care for me and love me yeah I don't really care as much about hearing from them all the time or the things that they do for me. I don't think it needs to be a comparison game because, yes, my love language might be that, but I don't expect it in return because that's That's not necessarily everyone. Yeah. So I think just setting expectations for that and, and knowing where you stand in the friendship means more than I give this and get or receive this. And, Mm -hmm. um, yes, it's a give and take, but Everyone's at a different season in their life. We're all adults. We don't need to necessarily be there in the same way that we used to be. And that doesn't mean that you care about somebody any less. Mm -hmm. 
I, I will try to keep this short, but I have a lot of thoughts. I completely agree. There's different seasons of life where you can be a more attentive, especially with time spent mm-hmm. friend. And then honestly, as you grow up, it just gets harder. You get yeah. more responsibilities. You have, maybe you're married, you have you have a different types of relationships that you have to uphold. Right. And so managing your friendships, it's not going to look the same as every year passes. I've been on both ends. I've been the, just for an example's sake, the only single friend amongst a bunch of married friends and felt left out, yeah. felt not loved or wanted. Now on the other end of the spectrum, I realized they weren't doing that at all. They right. were just married and spending time with their person who... Yeah they just went into this biggest relationship of their life with. And then I've also been on the other end where someone has, has disconnected with me as a friend because they felt like I wasn't giving enough. Right. And as the person on the other end, my intentions were never that I loved that person so much. And so I, I've been the person that wasn't seen correctly and the person that didn't see others correctly. Right. I think knowing the heart of your friends is the most important thing. And I think having grace for both yourself and for friends in seasons, especially as you get older, is just really hard. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important. Another example is before I met Michael, I was in this season of life, the year before I met Michael, where me and my friend Catherine, who's probably listening right now, what's up, girl? Um... She she and I really bonded during that specific year of life because we were both 28. We were both still single. We had both just gone through really bad breakups where we thought we were going to marry the person and we have to start life over. Mm-hmm. We literally spent all day, every day together outside of work. Right. Crazy, crazy amounts of time because all we had was each other and it was right. a season, not a seasonal friendship, but a seasonal time where we were able to devote more time. Yeah. We both then at the same time, which is crazy, found our people, our husbands and started dating them long distance and then got married and then she moved and like through that whole transition time our friendship just changed it looks different sometimes we text each other once a month and it's like hey girl I love you and that's okay and we used to spend every second together we both and we had to have a conversation with this so maybe this is my advice on how to handle it we had to have a conversation of like here are my expectations right now here's what I can give as a friend right now and here's how I truly feel like, that's, this is the amount of time I can give you just realistically with all that's going on with my life. Right. But that doesn't take away from, I love you. I value you. You mean so much to me. When I talk to you, it's like nothing changed. Right. Like, right. All that. That's So it's maybe add. setting expectations with your friends of like, what yeah. season of life are you in right now? What are you able to give? And, and how should I expect to be receiving love from you? Yeah. I think that... I'm hot. <laughs> I'm sweating. What I was going to add to what this. I said before is, you know, you can handle it one of two ways. Depending on the situation that you're in, you can just give the grace and embrace the fact that you might be in totally two different seasons of life. But if there are instances that are occurring or situations that you've been in and you feel, <coughs> excuse me, um, like hurt personally mm-hmm. or there's specific moments in time where you were affected by something that was said or not said or something happened and they weren't there for you in that case there's nothing wrong with having a conversation and expressing like hey when this happened the other day and you weren't there for me like that really bothered me and that it really made me feel like our relationship is changed and that's completely valid and I think having those conversations maybe that person 
didn't even realize Realize, it. Um, I think it's always better to have those conversations rather than letting it fester and create resentment and bitterness in your head. Right. And you telling yourself a story that's completely untrue that the other person isn't even thinking. But if it's just more of a, along the lines of, uh, situation, this person got married and and it is what it is. Like, you don't necessarily need to feel bad about yourself or make them feel bad about that change in their life. It might just be a transition and, mm-hmm. and your friendship changing. But the conversation is definitely worth it if there are specific things and feelings that you've had that... Yeah, your um, feelings are valid and you should address them if they need to be addressed. Yeah. And like like Chelsea and I are a perfect example. You might listen to this podcast and think we just spend every waking second yeah. together. But we see each other during this podcast. Yeah. She's still one of my best friends. Yeah. And, like, that doesn't change because I only see her once a week. Right. Or because we don't text all day every day or, you right. know, like, and it goes both, like, it just, it's just setting that expectation of, like, we're both in a season of life where we're working a lot, we're <laughs> newly married, she's pregnant, like, mm-hmm. it's just, we're in different seasons of life. Yeah. If we were in college, completely different oh, yeah. scenario. We have more time to devote to each other, but. Yeah. I think there's also, there's certain people, like, even that I still know at this age that I, it kind of baffles me how they still live this way, but they almost expect this sitcom type community. Oh my gosh. I thought friends friends was real adult when I was like you and you see it on TV and, and in college, it's very much like that where you all do everything together. And yeah, we have our, we have our little friend group that we love getting together with, but it happens to me once every like four months now. Yeah, and it's like and that's a okay. plan ahead situation. Right. We're not just like meeting at Central Perk. Right. But all I think the same sometimes <laughs> people have those expectations of it being that way and I'm just, I almost get weirded out when that's the case these days because I'm like, aren't you married? Like, don't you, what? You like, know? Like, yeah. there's so many other things in your life that you're balancing that I get kind of confused when people are able to see their friends that much because I'm like, if that's the case... Are you actually still not that I'm judging them, but like I'm wondering how do you And if you if you've learned the trick to balancing life like that, can you please fill me in? (laughs) Because I'm just trying to get some sleep. How do you balance like that and working out and fostering your marriage and your relationship with constantly being around other people? That's just I don't I don't know. I can't grasp that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're saying. And I I yeah, yeah. and I also think we would have maybe been able to grasp that better if we weren't in this season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. right now we're like, that's baff- mind-boggling to me. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, I can barely eat. Yeah. Like, I forget. Mm-hmm. And I never forget to eat. You know? Like, yeah. so it's just, yeah, seasonal. I could talk about this specific. We should do a whole episode on this because I yeah. could talk about friendship and seasons of life all day. Yeah. I hope that was encouraging and not too... I didn't want that to sound like we were coming off of it wasn't a valid question. I think oh, it's super valid. We've I've been on both ends of that. Yeah, it's totally real. I've cried many times and had many tough conversations with friends about mm-hmm. this exact thing. Yeah, and been on both ends, and it's just it's tough to navigate. But my my, I guess overall thing is have some grace for both yourself and your friends during this season of life, and it's always better to talk about it than to fester. Yep, that's. That's the, the best takeaway from from that question. So, and you're still our friend. 
Yeah. And we love you. I'm glad that you listened. Y'all, that was a long episode. It was. It was really fun, though. I had a great time. It was good. It was some good questions. Honestly, you're welcome. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, um, next week we have a guest on, so we're going to try and go back to that every other week thing, but you know us. Like, we'll see. We're not really good at planning. We'll see what's realistic here. But yeah, if y'all have any topics that you want us to address in the future, shoot us DMs. We read them. Yeah. Like, we're not, like, flooded, so keep, keep <laughs> shooting us DMs. We read, we read them. them. And um, we respond to and them. And we respond, and we'd love to hear things that you actually want to... We'd love to talk about things that you actually want to hear. So, yeah. Um, in the meantime, y'all have a great week. Whoa. And we love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.